Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We want to know your questions about closure and functional programming. We want to hear from you. What, what is on your mind? What are you curious about? What have you been playing around with? Um, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, if you have any questions for us um, or that inspired you, uh, please send us a tweet at Closure Design uh, or an email. Our email address is feedback at closuredesign.club. Uh, or the best way to talk to us is the Closure Design Dash podcast channel on the Closurian Slack. Hop on in there and ask us a question. Definitely love to see you show up and chat for a while. So this week, our question is, what is nil punning? It's not very punny. Well, you know what it's they say. It's a serious question. <laughs> the best pun is its own reward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, punning. What is nil punning? So uh, nil, right? Like the lowly, magnificent nil enclosure. So if you've used closure for any <laughs> amount of time, you have probably experienced nil punning. But nil punning can uh, sometimes it can be controversial, right? I some some people love it, some people hate it. Certainly like when I was getting used to closure, it felt a little weird because of null, right? Null is is the value of death in in certain programming languages like the JVM. So null is the value that you give your your program if you want to see it die and throw exceptions. <laughs> nil is not null. Yeah, absolutely. In 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 lots of languages, uh, the, the 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 when null shows up or nil, there's some languages that have nils like Python, I think. Um, when when it shows up, that's a that's an error condition. That is that is a time to to wring your hands and gnash your teeth and. And try to figure out what went wrong, um, but but closure does not right. take that 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 uh, draconian of a perspective. It it goes nil nil is a is a thing too. It's a type. It's its own thing. We can accept it into into our you know. In fact, we can give more than one job. <laughs> right, right. Because really, like null is a is a bit more like a null pointer, right? It's like oh no address here, and so an oo. If you're calling methods on things, well, you need to know the address of the object. So if if you give it no address, it's like panic time, right? There's there's no data to operate on, you know, die, die, die. But closure is all about functions. And so you always have the address of the function. If if you give it this value that really basically means no value, it's the the it's not like the function d- doesn't know what to do. It's just like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I was given no value, so it's up to the function whether or not they can it can handle that. And a lot of closure core and a lot of other functions handle that just fine. Oh, it's an interesting point that you make that um, the fact that null is bad in, in Java is because the data the data like the object as data and the object as function resolution mechanism are inextricably tied together. And so when you have a null object or an object that when you, when you try to call a method on a null pointer, you get an error because it can't find the function. But in closure, all the functions exist outside of the data. Like they're 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 not 
they're they're they're, they're on right. opposite sides of the fence, and so you're never going to have an. Oh, I mean, I guess you can like when you're trying to like come up with which function you should use on the fly, you could end up with a nil function pointer, but that's actually really really rare. And so because null right. only is ever data, well, if you if I'm ha- if I hand you a piece of paper with nothing on it, that's like a nil. Well, how about how about if you, t- you tell me all the numbers on this page that are zero? You can you can you can give me an answer for that because the data is separate from the functionality, right? Right. Whereas like null is a, like antimatter. You're not handing me a blank sheet of paper. You're handing me the absence <laughs> of matter. <laughs> because I mean methods like what's happening under the hood now. Oh, is you have a, a method, and really what a method is is it's being rewritten by the compiler to be a function where the first argument is your your this pointer, right? So when you're referring to this, it's like the silent first argument that's being passed into a method. Yeah. And so when when you try to call um, a method on a a null reference, it's like the data structure that 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 is supposed to point to that this is supposed to be pointing to. It, there is no data there, and so so that that whole like the class instance variables like the class instance data, like not being there, you know that's that's a crisis. Whereas, like, yeah, I think you said it well. Uh, nil enclosure is really like saying no answer, right? It, it's kind of like no value, or it also doubles as kind of like empty collection, like empty list, empty collection. Um, it, it sort of has those two jobs, and it's more like a positive statement of data, like it's positive data that says this is empty. There, there, there isn't anything here. Um, the, the answer was nothing. As opposed to antimatter, <laughs> you will now get sucked right. in, and your atoms will fly apart, and you will die. <laughs> As opposed to here's a hand grenade. Here's a yeah. I like the way that you said that. It's it 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 it's a positive answer that I found nothing there, and I pass this to the next thing, and it found nothing in the nothing. Uh, and it's amazing how much nothing you can find in nothing. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because like a lot of the clo- closure core <laughs> operations, you, you're taking a set. Of things, so if you think about you know the common uses, map, reduce, filter, etc., you're 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 starting with a sequence of stuff, and and you're kind of filtering stuff out, and you're transforming stuff, and and so you, maybe you started with a big sheet of numbers, if you will, and you filter out all the odd ones, and then you filter out all the ones that are less than forty-two, and then you filter out all the ones that are greater than forty-two because you just want the answer. Well, turns out there wasn't forty-two on the sheet of paper, so you. You end up with an empty list because, well, there there were no 42s in that set. And so then if you do something like try to take the first value of that empty list, well, you're going to get a nil back because there is there is no value in an empty list. Right. And so it, it's really useful when you have like the use like the threading macro and you have a collection and you're doing a bunch of uh, filters and maps and that sort of thing with it. If at some point that, you know, halfway down your seven step process, uh, you you end up with nothing. The rest of the process will continue because it's all like basically almost all of closure core is is nil safe. It it right. it, it happily passes it along. You know collections um, continue to go on. You know there there are ways of basically being able to tell that, and that's um, 
it's 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 quite useful for that. It actually makes your code a lot more flexible because then you don't have to at every step of the process check. Oh, is it still safe to keep operating this? Is it still safe to keep operating this? No, just carry it all the way through. If you get something at the end, you know that yeah. you succeeded. If you didn't, usually it is not really that important where it failed. Yeah. So let let me let me um, explore an example. So you yeah. and I work a lot with esports data, like tournament data for video game competitions. And so, like, you'll have a match between two teams, and that match will consist of a set of games, right? And so, so we'll have this uh, map that represents the match information, and inside of that, we'll have a key called games, and then that will be uh, an embedded list inside of that, right? And then we'll have a set of games, and inside each of the elements of games, we'll have metadata about the games. And so, like, maybe what we want to do is we want to filter through all the matches, so that we can find, you know, a particular, like all the matches that a particular team won, right? And then we want to look at what their score was in the third game of that, of the match they won, right? It's like the pivotal moment in, in like a set of four or something like, like, was it already mm-hmm. tilted? Right. And so, so you're, we'll write a filter. And so we'll have this big long list of all the matches, right? And we'll write a filter that will filter all the matches based on whether or not we find that team's ID in in the IDs of the 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 teams in the match, right? And and then we can have that go, okay, let's map that to games, right? So we do the filter and then we have a map statement that maps that list to just all of the sublists of games. And then we can go, okay, now what we want to do is we want to get out the third game, right? So we could try using int, but int isn't necessarily safe. It's like null, not null safe. So we could we could destructure out the third game or something like that. But what's cool is like if if that original filter um returns an empty list, like it's okay. If if we if we use nil punning, if we allow everything to kind of accept nil and return nil and be okay with that, we don't have to put a oh no what if the list was empty logic between our filter that took the big list and reduced it down? We can we can just go ahead and we can do a map to the games key. Well, if we had an empty list, the map to the games key will give us another empty list, right? And, yeah. then, and then if we try to uh, safely pull out, you know, a third thing, well, then if we have an empty list, that will give us a nil, and nil continues to function like an empty list or an empty map or an empty collection. And and so you you end up not having to have all this like, oh no, I have an error like right in the middle. You can just express what you're trying to do, and and at the very end of it, you'll get nil out or an empty list out, if if it really didn't find find an answer. Like nothing met all that criteria. Yeah, totally. And and it's not really important whether no no matches were found or if a hundred matches were found. And none of them had a third game. Or if, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, at the end, you get the answer that you were looking for, which is all of the, you know, third game results that involved that team. And if it's empty, then it's e- empty. Um, it's kind of like when you're, you know, driving to work and you got to go, go through, you know, um, five, five, five lights, you know, and you're like, oh, I wonder if I can get through all, all the five lights on green, you know. Well, if you get through all of them, then, 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 then you do get to work on time. <laughs> but it doesn't matter yeah. if you stop at the first light or the fourth light. If you don't have any data, you know you're you're still you're still going to be late. Right. 
Well, and so maybe kind of another fun way to think about it is imagine a database where in your, like a SQL database and you're going to do a join, right? And you're going to join two tables. So imagine if that database like through an exception, like your program would crash if if your SQL statement resulted in no values and, and you tried to do a join, right? So, so you're like, oh, I want to get all the players you know, out of that. And then I want to join by team ID against the teams table. And so let's say your query resulted in zero players. So the database is like, oh no, I can't join against zero of these players. And then your program would crash, right? Like this, this would, this is what life is like without nil, nil punning, right? You're like, okay, do the query. Oh wait, did it come up empty? Oh, it did come up empty. Okay, don't attempt to join, <laughs> right? And then you right. have to do that every step along the way. And so life with nil punning is more like you express your sequence of operations where you take that list and, and then you pick those things out and then you pivot inside the values and then they may be lists and, and so on and so forth, right? You can you can sort of like pull data out without fear. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think so, you know, because because it is the word punning, you know, that means that nil takes on more than one role. So we've talked about a lot about how it is, you know, it one of its roles is the nothing. There's a positive statement of nothing. But another role that it takes on is is if you try to use it as a bo- in a Boolean context, it's false. So in that sense, you can use... Um, you can use things like when and other, like, things that will return, you know, either something or nil, and you can use those and combine them together in, in, in ways that... Um, that allow the 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 nothing to 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 be excluded uh, because it, it evaluates the boolean false. Um, yeah, it's the only thing in closure other than false <laughs> that evaluates to false. Uh, that is not an accident, <laughs> which is a surprisingly small number. I think closure, or I think uh, JavaScript's got like seven or eight, and Ruby's got at least you know ten. Um, right. Is zero false? No. Is negative one false? No. <laughs> Any value in closure is, is true, so to speak, except for nil and false. Right. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I, that I really like doing is, is like, like for instance, when, I, when I'd like to um, create a, a, a collection, uh, I, I, lots of times I like to use concat if I, if I need to like gather several lists together but sometimes i only want to like like say i'm I'm constructing a csv file or something like that well i I know i I always want the header row well that's 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 an element in the list but then i don't know how many of the other things are gonna other rows are gonna make it in and so i can actually use concat with each of those sub expressions in a when so that if concat gets you know a list a nil a list a list a nil it'll just concatenate the three lists and the nils will go away so it's a great way of like optionally including things in thing in 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 data structures. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Same thing in string str when you when you're converting into a string. And so like for example, when we're running closure script and and we have to build up a CSS class sometimes in like a little reagent component. And so you you sort of have uh, the class string right, and the class string is a space separated list of nominals basically. And so you can write str string. And then you put like the first string there, which is a class name. And then you can have a win expression, like, you know, win inverted question mark, you know, 
And then you can put a string there with like space and then, you know, the class name like inverted. And then you can, and so you can put all these little win blocks that evaluate to nil. And string is pretty smart. The STR function is pretty smart. If you, so long as you have a string to start with, all these other things, you know, they all basically evaluate away to empty strings. Um, so, so it's like a nice way of, of building up strings with optional parts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, 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 yeah, that's a lot of fun. It is kind of problematic when you have something where the first one might be nil, because then you start off with a string that is actually the word nil, um, which, which is a little less than helpful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's that. There's a couple of edges you definitely can run into. Uh, but you mentioned headers. That reminds me of another fun one. So, like for example, uh, I was just working with a ring handler uh, yesterday, and and so the ring handler returns a map. So so this is HTTP endpoint handler for ring, right? And so it returns a map. And that map has like a key called status, which is your HTTP status code. And then it has a key called body. And mm-hmm. then underneath that, you have a, a big string, like what you're going to return to the client. It has, a, it has another optional key called headers. So if you want to set any HTTP headers... You can do that. And and what's really cool is like I wanted to add in a content type header. I think in this case I'm trying to weave in content type application JavaScript, right? I want to add in the header. And I don't really know if if the ring response that I'm I'm working with has a header in there or not, right? But what's cool is I can just like I can write update response, right? Merge, and then I give it the map of the headers that I want to add. And and if the headers key isn't um, update response headers, sorry, <laughs> uh, merge right. and then the map, right? Because you have to identify the key that you want to do the update on. And so what's cool is like merge will get handed a nil if the headers, if the headers key is not in that map. And because nil is an empty collection, merge will go, oh, you wanna you wanna merge a map with an empty map, no problem. And it just returns, you know, the map that you passed right in. And so now all of a sudden the headers key comes into being and gets assigned my headers that that I wanted. So if if headers was there and there was a map, then the map that was there was handed into merge and it will do the right thing. If headers wasn't there and it, well a nil gets handed in and nil nil just means empty map, right? Empty collection. And so then merge does the right thing. So I don't have to have guard logic like, oh, no, is there a map here already? Oh, if there isn't a map here, okay, then I guess I just want to do an assignment. But if there is a map, then I want to do a merge, right? And it just right. allows your code to be very concise. Yeah, it ends up being a lot more, you know, do what I mean. Uh, uh, like, remember from my days of, cl- of, of Perl, Perl was a very do what I mean kind of a language. Um, it, it, it went... Because of nil punning, you can just, you know, go ahead and do all the things. And if and if it works at the end, then you know that, you know, it doesn't matter if it was a nil or not. Um, the cool the cool thing is you don't actually have to give up. Like if you what if you did want to say, oh, I only want to set this if, if the um, the content type was something else. Like I only want to set if it was nil. Well, you you can you can you can do all the guards and all the checking if you want, but closure doesn't force you to do that 
as a as a as a matter of course, like as as the default. So in the you know ninety percent of the time, you just go ahead and, and go with nil, nil punning. But then when you want to do extra surgical stuff and be um, more more precise, then closure does let you get there. Like it's not like it closes the door on it all the way. Right, and so maybe that's a good example of why it's different than a maybe type. Like if you're coming from Haskell, if you're coming from Scala, you're coming from a strongly typed language that has a maybe type. The the maybe type is it requires you to go through this ceremony every time, right? Whereas with with the nil type, um, it, it, it nil is a value, right? So so you're just taking a value, you're using a value, you're passing along a value. You you don't have to open the maybe monad box, <laughs> right? The 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 third type that's in the monad, yeah. And I think I think one of the reasons why it, nil punning works so well in closure is because of the the idiomatic like the closure people tend to only use closure data structures like if you were defining a bunch of your own types like if i made my own type like cat well what does a nil cat look like like i don't know like i would have to teach every closure function what a nil cat was like but because i only use maps and lists and vectors closure core functions already know how to handle the nils of those you know what i mean and so yeah it doesn't have to like I think I think it, it it can be more pervasive because of the the use of native data structures all the time. Yeah, I think because nil really can stand in for an empty collection, not just an empty value. Right. Like like a no answer. That that really that really makes it super useful. It it also means that sometimes nils can kind of fly a little too far. So because of nil punning if you accidentally generate a nil somewhere that you didn't intend on making, um, you can discover that nil uh, in a totally different part of the call <laughs> stack than where it came from. Oh, and, and we have so many times. Yeah, that's. it's almost like you wish there was a nil that had a, like, when did this turn into a nil, you know, line and, and file. <laughs> um, that would be really useful. Um, that, but that, that right. definitely is one of the it's one of the downsides of nil punning is that you you can you can really you, you can find a nil and you have no idea where it came from. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some spelunking, you know. So that's where like spec or in schema and stuff can help you uh, put like intermediate guards in place to to kind of try to contain an accidental nil from flying too far. That that would be the biggest downside of nil punning that I personally right. run into. Yeah, the, and the nil that travels a long way. <laughs> and there's also there's also a handful of of you know edge cases and warts that that kind of pop up and you have to be remembered remember to not pass nils in for like like a lot of arithmetic stuff is a little nil sensitive. It's nil intolerant. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, if you run max on nil, it's going to give you a null pointer or a null pointer exception because it does not know what, is a, what does nil look like right. as a number. You yeah, because nil isn't zero. So it's kind of like, what is the maximum of no number? <laughs> <It's kind laughs> nothing of like, and nothing. I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like dividing by zero. Yeah. Right, right. And so, and I guess maybe one of the other edge cases is the whole um, win, like win, like win let and if let versus win some and if some. So oh, because yeah. because false and nil are the only things that evaluate to false, 
every now and again, you find yourself in the situation where you have a function that can return an honest to goodness Boolean, like a false value (laughs) or a nil. And so if that is true, then you have to use this other form that is really more about, did I get a nil or not? (laughs) Yes. And, and if you care about a nil or not, yes, that's, it it can very, very quickly. Yeah. I I think, yeah, I think I, I was always using Winlet for a long time and then you showed me Winsum and I was like, oh, I think Winsum is probably a better default um, because it, it, it's a Winsum. It's a Winsum macro. Oh, <laughs> this more, is the more punny puns. show, right? Yes. Oh, so so does does Nell have any other any other puns that we can think of? So well, basically I will say a... that the sum, the su- so coping, like you do, you brought up math, and so coping with functions that cannot handle nil is is a definitely a thing. Like you, you, like after you get used to nil punning, you're working, especially like collections, right? You're working with collections, and all these things handle empty lists and nil, no problem. Right. So you get used to that, and then you start ending up with situations where some poor function that's probably Java under the hood is going to choke and die on the null value. Oh, poor Java. And, yes, poor Java. Java has a hard life. And so, um, so, but you still want that, that feeling of just expressing the, the sequence of operations and living without fear, without the null pointer exception, jumping up and biting you. So the, the, th- the sum threading macros, so sum arrow, single arrow, sum double arrow, like those are those are great ways that you can get that same feeling of of like nil punning, but when you have to deal with situations where something's going to choke and die, and so they'll just basically bail out of the threading as soon as they encounter a nil value. Right, shortcut so that, out. Yeah, because like no answer isn't going to start becoming an answer later usually, right? <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, that, that is very true. No, but my answer was no answer, so now I have an answer. <laughs> Unless you pass it to string and it becomes the, the string with the word nil in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's a great example. Like maybe maybe you're picking out all this data and then you want to stringify it, right? Yep. Well, you want to make sure you don't accidentally end up with a string that says uh, something else. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. I think we've uh, we've kind of run over on our on our time here uh so i think we'll wrap it up so anyone out there um do you have any answers uh, any any of you listeners out there to, to what is nil punning do any any favorite ways that nil that nil punning has helped you or or any horrible ways that nil punning has has bitten you really hard to make you not want to use closure anymore uh please reach out to us Oh, yeah. Well, and don't feel that it has to be like super constructive and epiphanal moments. Uh, like we're we're not we're not too good for some really funny, punny jokes. <laughs> so if you got some good puns, hop on over to our Closurian Slack channel, our Closure Design Dash podcast channel and share your uh, your punny jokes there, too. But you can reach us also on Twitter at Closure Design or send us email, feedback at closuredesign.club. Yeah, definitely. And uh, go on to closuredesign.club, the website, for our past episodes and show notes. And um, we'll have this up there uh, so you can check it out, any, some, uh, any uh, related episodes. 
yeah, we would love to have you just go check out all the things and see what's there. Listen to uh, the old episodes where we've talked about some of these topics too. But for now, that's going to be it for us this week. Next week, we are going to be back to answer another question. Thanks for listening. 